Well, this is the darkest time of the year. When I get up in the morning, it looks like the middle of the night. I stumble out of bed trying to find the closet, wave my hand around until I touch the light chain, and finally I pull it. Darkness gives way to light. Those of us who are a little older remember how when as kids we were playing outside with our friends from morning till evening, and it started to get dark, uh, and then our moms would come out on the back porch or the front porch and call our name, or whistle, would you believe, uh, and we were expected to drop everything and come running home from wherever we were. No staying out after dark. We needed to come into the safety of light and family. Any of you remember that? Oh, a few, all right, that's great. I'm not as old as I thought. Uh, do you remember a few years ago the story of uh, there were some 30 men who were buried in a Chilean mine for more than two months and survived? One of the miners wrote about the experience, the darkness around us, the darkness was really killing us. That's when you really feel you're in hell. That's where hell is in the darkness. Fear of the dark is number four on the list of the top 10 things people are afraid of. As we grow into adulthood then, fear of darkness becomes much more than the darkness of just night. It expands to include war, violence, abuse, terrorism, death, evil in general. Our friends in Ukraine can describe in detail the horror and fear that they feel when the sirens scream, warning people to take cover, and every light goes out. Most of us can relate on some level to an internal fear of darkness. And undoubtedly, most of us are fighting, fighting some kind of darkness right now, outside or within ourselves. It might be doubt or fear of failure, uncertainty, finances, some emotional distress or physical illness, or even facing our own mortality. But listen, listen now to Genesis 1, the first three verses. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God, the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. It appears that the light here in Genesis 1, called into being in the third verse, emerged sometime before the sun and the moon brought their light to the earth on day four in Genesis 1.14. In Agnes Sanford's book, The Healing Light, she suggests that this early mysterious light may be a healing light that God makes available to us, that comes to us, shines into us 
from the Holy Spirit. Others have had similar interpretations. Some of us are familiar with Fra Angelico's The Annunciation, a painting. It was painted in the early 15th century, and if you look at it, it's a triptych, three sections. Up in the upper left-hand corner of the painting is a depiction of Adam and Eve being thrown out of the garden because of their sin. But also from that corner, there is a shaft of life, light that radiates from what looks like the sun up in the corner, but surely must be a supernatural light coming from the heart of God. And the light extends all the way across the canvas and is directed right into Mary as Gabriel announces her miraculous pregnancy. The Apostle John fills out the story of this light in John 1, the passage that Deacon Sandy read. In him, Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not extinguished it. Eugene Peterson interprets that verse this way, the life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. The light of God then seems to be the center the source of all things that was depicted in that painting. His light sustains the world, holds it all together, Colossians 1. In praise and worship, we are called to remember that we are not the center of things, but rather completely dependent on Jesus, the light and life of God. I can leave my worries my aches and pains, my anxieties aside, because this is our Lord's universe, his world into which he has chosen to shine his light. And through that light, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Hallelujah. He has sent a new light to shine into our hearts, the light of Christ. It's why we light the candles on the altar. It's why we light the Christ candle in the middle of the Advent wreath. It's why we read this light on page after page of scripture. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness who heals. John 8 tells us, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In 2 Peter, he's called the day star. In Revelation, he's the bright and morning star. And this amazing truth has made its way into our prayer book. Tonight, we've sung the Phocilleron, the earliest known Christian hymn written in the late third or early fourth century. It's the only hymn that is still being sung regularly at evening prayer in Orthodox churches, Roman Catholic churches, Anglican churches, Lutheran churches. The Greek word hilaron is the root of the English word hilarious. It could be amplified this way. Oh, amazing, ecstatic, jubilant, thrilling light, light of the kind that there are no words to describe. 
1993, Bill and I began attending an Episcopal church, and each Wednesday, we went to evening prayer. As we sang the Fos Hilleron in those first weeks, the ancient words, new to us at the time, went deep into our souls, and they've never left us. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed. And Isaiah also calls us then to shine with this light, to shine with God's light. Isaiah 60, starting in verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. This is the story of a baby shining with glory, coming into a dark world. This is my story, and this is your story. We are called to live light-filled, counter-cultural lives that break up the darkness of this world, the darkness that's full of lies and hate and confusion, the bright and morning star, the day star, the sun of righteousness shines upon us and through us. Not in a glaring way, not in a way that causes us to hide our eyes from the light, but the light of Christ dawns in incremental lumens, like a rheostat. I have one of those in my dining room. You turn it, and the light goes up gradually, little by little. And that's the way the light of Christ is delivered to our souls, little by little, as we are able to bear it. Jesus delivers his light to us by the Holy Spirit in a way that will be good for our souls. Think about the properties of light from a spiritual sense. The power of God's light brings energy and movement to really change things in our environment and even in you and me. And the warmth of God's light surrounds and melts the coldness of our hearts. And the comfort of God's life, light, dispels the fear. And the healing of God's light shines through the Son of Righteousness who rises over us with healing in his wings. The illumination of God's light guides us on the path that's right for us. I remember when Bill and I were being called to leave Southern California to move to Michigan to start a campus ministry. I was kneeling in my living room, crying, because I was afraid of taking this leap, leaving my family, everything that was familiar to me, that had been familiar to me for the first 30 years of my life. But that day, as I was kneeling, I opened the scripture in that moment and read Psalm 50, verses 1 and 2. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. And I had this picture of God's light shining on our path, just close enough ahead of us so that we would have confidence to take just the next step. And that's just what God did. And here we are, umpteen years later, surviving all of it. 
So if you need a blast of light and power, he can, he can give you that. And if you need a pinpoint of light to help you focus, that can be given. And if you need healing light, God can work wonders in your soul and perhaps even in your body. And if you need a light to shine before you on the path, his word is your light. Simone Weil writes, we live in a world of unreality and dreams. To give up imagining ourselves as the center of the universe is to awaken to all that is real and eternal. It is to see the true light and allow it, or him, to be the center that illumines our lives. Tonight, we come to praise him and bring our prayers to him. And as we do, as we do, our faces will begin to shine just like Mary's and Joseph's and the angels and the shepherd and the magi who we encounter in these weeks of Advent and Christmastide. They all praised God because this small child is life itself and his life will be the light of all people, then and now. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and darkness couldn't put it out. So we want to respond to God's invitation to come into the light of Christ through praise and prayer this evening. I'm going to just come down um, right down here and chat with you a little bit and invite you to join me in prayer for just a few minutes. You can just say seated. We're going to start with just a moment of silence. So I just invite you to close your eyes and be still. First, then, I invite you to acknowledge Jesus' presence here with us by speaking aloud a name of God or Jesus that is important to you, that has perhaps brought light into your soul in this last year. Just to speak aloud one of the names of God or Jesus that has been important to you. Be sure you speak loudly enough so that others can hear you. Amen. And now as we're coming to the end of this year, I invite you to offer prayers of thanks for moments of light you have sensed in this past year. Simply use the phrase, thank you, Lord, for, and just fill in a few words. Again, 
uh, can be quietly or aloud, but if you're going to speak aloud, let's, I'd love to be able to hear you. I thank you, Lord, for walking through this year with me with uh, the difficulty that I've had with having cataract surgery and not knowing exactly what was ahead. I thank you that you have not left me. Amen. And now, regarding personal needs that you might have, I just invite you, if you have a personal need for prayer, we're not going to embarrass you or ask you to say anything, uh, but just raise your hand, and then um, I would love to pray for all of you who do have a hand raised and indicate by that that you have a personal need that you'd like prayer for. So Lord, I lift up these folks. You can see their hands. You can see the courage that it took to even raise them. And so I pray in the name of Jesus now that each one would feel a sense of being heard and seen, and that you are already answering their prayer and filling that need step by step, moment by moment. I thank you, Lord, that you are pouring your love and your care out on each one, even those now that have not raised a hand. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And now I'm just going to mention uh, categories of people, and if you have people that fit into that category that you'd like uh, just to remember to the Lord. I always tell people, you know, if we're all saying names, uh, God is perfectly able to hear all of those names, and he knows everyone inside out. So if you feel comfortable um, saying a name aloud or just quietly, 
first, just people for whom, following up on what Mother Karen said last week, people for whom Christmas has been difficult. People ravaged by war, particularly the Ukrainians, we lift them to you, Lord. Those who have wandered from God. children and others we love who need prayer. And now I just invite you to turn to page four in your order of service and we're going to read the words to O Gracious Light uh, together just remembering who we are addressing in our prayers. Page four, you're looking at the music, uh, but I'm, we're going to be just speaking it. O oh, gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Father in heaven, O oh, Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun, and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the world. Amen. <clears throat> 